Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Rock it on today. And uh, we've been talking about this uh, for a while now. Um, obviously, the, the you know Packers get off to a good start. They knock off the Chicago Bears. They go into Atlanta. They, they f- dropped a game they could have, should have won, but you kind of walked away going, you know, they left some stuff on the table. There's more there. In the meantime, we kept, uh, you know, talking about preseason-wise about how far, how much of a, an advanced leap the Chicago Bears would take. And this was going to be the year, and everything you read, this was going to be the year that Justin Fields maybe, you know, kind of took that step forward. And then being down in Chicago and listening to the chatter, it was palpable about how excited fans were for this upcoming season. But when you got into the press box and you started to talk to a few people, they're like, eh, he didn't have a great training camp. He it doesn't look like it's registering. And now we know that he's talking about the coaches being Justin Fields. They've got a defensive coordinator who has uh, decided to resign uh, because of health and family reasons. But there's a lot more floating around down there. So we go to the guy that's got all the information. That's Brad Biggs, who's been covering a long time down in Chicago. Brad, how you doing today, man? I'm great. How are you this afternoon, Bill? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. Hey, by the way, uh, I think, is it Craig, your buddy who does General Cigar? I did. I yeah. I saw him up. Yeah, I saw him up at uh, the uh, Chippewa Falls at the High uh, High Shores and Wasoda Supper Club, and we we had a long conversation about you, man. You didn't clean out all the uh, free cigars out of his trunk, did you? <laughs> no, no. He said he was saving a few. But I told him, I said, well, next time you either come up or I go down, we got to. Uh, I didn't know you were a cigar guy. And he said, oh yeah. He said, uh, you know, Brad's been known to kick back a few. So I'm saying, okay. Well, that's another reason I like Brad Biggs. Um, Biggs, tell me what the hell is going on in Chicago. Let's start with that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a frustrating start for the Bears. They, uh, you know, played very poorly in the opener against the Packers, as I'm sure most people listening saw. Uh, a lot of issues there, offensively, defensively. Green Bay had wide receivers running wide open because of miscommunications, and then uh, the Bears went down to Tampa and and they. Uh, didn't play great you know they lose that game by 10 points I didn't feel like that game was uh, as close as the final score would have indicated uh Tampa Bay kicked uh two uh very short field goals and had another block so uh yeah they're they're scuffling right now and then um the defensive coordinator as you referenced a minute ago uh, resigned yesterday after being gone for about a week without really much explanation from the team uh, at all, and then the quarterback is uh, critical of coaching, saying that it had led to him uh, overthinking some, and that he wants to play freely and more naturally. Um, so, yeah, they've got and and oh, by the way, the left tackle went on injured reserve yesterday with a neck injury. So it was just kind of one thing after another Wednesday uh, in Lake Forest, and they're a couple days away from flying to Kansas City to face. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Bill, I don't know if there's a good time to face Kansas City these days. If they're on your schedule, this week to me is a really bad time because the Chiefs haven't played well in the first two weeks, and I look at them as a team that's just ready to break out. Like Andy Reid's going to get it figured out with those guys on offense. Mahomes is going to gather some timing with his wide receivers, and all of a sudden they're going to have 41 points on the scoreboard, and there's going to be nine minutes to play in the fourth quarter. 
Let me okay. Let's let's go back to what happened yesterday and the announcement that the defensive coordinator Alan Williams is uh, going to step down because of health and family issues. Now there was a lot of rumors floating around yesterday about police and FBI and and I, I read your tweet that said it just didn't feel like he was leaving because of health and family reasons. Have you garnered any more information on that regarding all the different rumors that were floating around out there? No, no, no new information at this point. And the general manager, Ryan Poles, came down and spoke with uh, reporters this morning, which I think was a smart move by him. And and he's a young guy, you know, in his second season in the role. But I think he was trying to sort of uh, reestablish the tone in the building uh, and and that kind of thing after such a tumultuous uh, day. And uh, they're basically saying nothing about Alan Williams. You know, when 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 he resigned, the team sent out a release announcing his resignation. It was 12 words long, Bill, 12 words. Uh, Wow. So you got a guy uh, saying he's uh, leaving because of uh, health and uh, family reasons. And the team puts out 12 words on him. There's not a we wish him well, this or that. It's 12 words. You know, he resigned this afternoon. So. It just, yeah, it doesn't, you know, Matt Eberflus earlier in the day wouldn't answer questions if the guy was still the defensive coordinator. Eberflus, I thought Eberflus had a really odd response on Sunday after the loss against the Bucks at Raymond James, James Stadium where he was asked, um, hey, when, when Allen's back, will he resume play calling duties? And, and Eberflus's reply was, well, 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 we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And it's like, wait, wait a minute, what? Um, yeah. So we'll see. I uh, I don't know if more will come out on it. Certainly, no one uh, has any ill will uh, for Allen Williams, but uh, it's it's a distraction for the Bears, no question. It's odd because I know his attorney's been all over trying to kind of tamp down the. Uh, oh, by the way, the authorities never came to Hallis Hall. He never said they didn't go to his house. He never really said much more than that, other than reread the statement that was put out originally about health and family. Uh, but usually, I if if there's going to be an issue and I'm going to have to address it, I address it. If I'm not doing anything wrong, why in the hell would my attorney be addressing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I maybe he gets an attorney to try to head some of this stuff off. I I, I don't know. I do know Iberflus is going to call the defense again this week uh, in Kansas City. Uh, I would my my guess would be. He calls the defense the remainder of the season. Maybe they add a coordinator title to a position coach currently on staff. I'm not sure how they adjust. The, the timing is obviously um, not good. Uh, so they and they've got they've got issue. You know, we all focus on fields and the offense, and and certainly a ton of scrutiny is deserved for what's going on there. But um, defensively, they uh, can't rush the quarterback. Uh, they uh, can't get off the field uh, on third down, and they're giving up more than nine yards uh, per pass attempt. Some of that skewed a little bit by a 70-yard play Mike Evans had uh, in that game in Tampa where Evans just ragdolled uh, the rookie cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, it, it was blatant offensive pass interference, but maybe if you're a guy that goes out and puts up 1,000 yards every year, year after year after year, you can get away with that. Uh, but still uh ineffective defensively they've they've been better against the run which they were 31st in the league a year ago uh other than that uh, no improvements yet on a defense that's got a lot of new faces 
So let me ask you in the sense of the offense, because I, I, I get it that Justin Fields yesterday was an unfortunate use of the term. Maybe it's the coaching or blame it on the coaching, but uh, I got what he meant. I understood it, but the sentence itself, when you write it down and you read it, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. So I understand it. But what what is what, what is Luke Getze doing to make things better for the quarterback? Because we were just talking about this earlier today. You've got Nathaniel Hackett. He goes to Denver, looks awful. Now he's uh, being criticized for not catering the offense to Zach Wilson in New York. And you got Luke Getze down in Chicago, who apparently is trying to do too many things with Justin Fields, and he's complaining about it uh, because we know that Aaron Rodgers – Covered up a lot of warts here in Green Bay. So you tell me what Luke Getzey's doing to help Justin Fields. I, I think he's. I think he's trying to do all he can. You know, and I mean, goodness, they they reshaped the offensive line. They added a DJ Moore in the off season. I, I think. I think they spent since the spring working on, you know, some things to make him more effective as a pocket passer. Not trying to turn him into a pocket passer but help him have some more success doing that because it's really where he struggled last season. And they're, the, uh, sometimes the best laid plans uh, don't take root or they don't, they don't materialize quickly anyway because it's, it's been uh, such a struggle. And, and the, the other thing that I think is important to point out here for the people that have been super critical of, of Luke is that all these opponents, you're kidding yourself if you don't think they spent a ton of time in the offseason. Hey, we got to play Chicago in week one, week two, week six, whatever it is. What are we going to do to prevent Fields from making us look foolish on defense? So, so, so they've got the entire offseason to look at those tapes, see what the Bears were doing, how Fields was able to really gash some of these teams, and say, okay, what are we gonna? How are we gonna react to that? So I think in, in week one, one of the things you saw is when they had designed rollouts for Justin Fields, Green Bay had basically somebody out there kind of mirroring them, you know. And, and what Lucas Van Ness ended up with a sack um, when the Bears were in the red zone on on one of those plays where he should have thrown the ball away. You go down to Tampa this past week, and they they called a handful of zone reads where Fields, you know, has to decide whether to hand it to the back or keep it. And the Bucks' defensive ends weren't even flinching, Bill. They're just standing yeah. there saying, go ahead, hand it off to the running back. We'll take our chances stuffing him. Um, no, they're not crashing down on that play at all. They are standing there waiting for Fields to keep the ball and come their way and say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in position now to make a play on you. So, um What's the counter to all these things the defense has been doing? Well, if Fields could start throwing from the pocket, it would be great. He hasn't been able to do that yet. Talking with Brad Biggs, longtime writer for the Chicago Tribune and covering the Chicago Bears and everything that's going on down there. Uh, you know, like you said, big week coming up. You got Kansas City on the docket. God knows you don't want to go 0-3. 0-2 teams don't go to the postseason. 0-3 teams never do. So that would be then pretty much out of the question so early on this season. So looking at this team moving forward, what is the tenor right now with everything that's gone on, everything you labeled from yesterday between the quarterback and all the discussion regarding the defensive coordinator and then the coaching staff and then losing your big left tackle for all the, what is the tenor there right now 
when you start talking about this team and, and you, you, you don't dare say that guys start to give up. But, my God, early in the season, do you look at things and go, holy crap, we're not getting any better, we're not doing any better, and we could be looking again at the number one overall draft choice? Well, I don't, I don't think they're going to be in line for the number one pick. Not, not with their pick. They, they, and they own the Panthers. But um, this, this is a better roster than they had a year ago. There's no, I, right. there's no doubt in my mind about that. I, I didn't think this was going to be a great team. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised this, the start has been so poor. Not, and I'm not talking necessarily about 0-2, Bill. I'm talking about how those games sort of unfolded and, and what right. problems uh, materialized. So I, I, they're not going to be great, but I don't, I don't think they're going to they're gonna be in the mix uh, come you know, mid-late mid, November for, the, for that top pick. But the tenor, I, it's still a super – I mean, it's a really young roster, okay? And they turned over – nearly 50% of it from last season. So you got a lot of new guys. So I, I don't think there's a fear at this point about, you know, super neg- negative levels creeping up and, and guys just going through the motions. I mean, they got, they got young guys that they've got a, this is where they're starting their NFL career. So what, what the bears desperately need and what this coaching staff desperately needs, they need some of these young players and some of these new guys that they did go out and buy uh, to, to you know, start show, showing some growth and development, start start exhibiting how they're fit in the scheme, how they can uh, be part of productive football, how they can help them uh, towards some winning football. And uh, it's going to be real difficult this week in Kansas City, but uh, it's something that they got to be working on here uh, in the very near future. Real quick before I let you go, do you believe that the coaching staff, the the upper management that's in place, do you believe they've got the ability to kind of pull this thing out of the nosedive and to make something not of this season but moving forward? I mean, I I, I don't know if Fields has it. If, if Fields if Fields turns it around and becomes that guy, absolutely. But you know, it's. it's hard to turn anything in the national football league around without a quarterback right if, it, if right. that's not there to to play a uh, any consistent level of winning football you need uh, an elite defense you need an offensive line that can help you uh run the daylights out of football and you've got to be you got to be special on special teams and and they can't check those boxes right now there you go, Brian. I appreciate it as always. Thanks for giving us the lowdown. We'll keep peering over the fence down there just to see what uh, else transpires, if anything, regarding the defensive coordinator position. But, uh, man, what an interesting uh, day yesterday it was in Chicago, no doubt. Appreciate it, pal. You got it, Bill. Take care. Thanks, bud. There you go. Brad Big, Chicago Tribune, long time covering the Chicago Bears since 2001. He's been on the Bears beat and probably the preeminent guy when it comes to Chicago Bears, him and Hub Arkish. And, uh, you know, just uh, some interesting stuff. Now, he didn't say directly whether or not there is or is not an investigation into, uh, into Williams, the, uh, the former defensive coordinator for the uh, Chicago Bears. But, but um, when, you, uh, when you look at Allen Williams and you hear the rumors, you just kind of wonder, as he said, it was a 12-word press release saying that he's no longer with the team. Usually, it, it just, to me, again, speculatively, it sounds like the team is trying to distance itself from him. So I don't know what's going on below the, below the surface, but unless things were unbelievably contentious behind closed doors, 
and thus a you have the choice to resign or be fired midseason. Maybe he took the, the, the opportunity to resign. Unless that was the scenario, something else is going on. Because usually a team will say, you know, thank you for your service. We certainly appreciate all of his efforts and, you know, what he did, blah, blah, blah. And you don't, you're not throwing anybody under the bus. You're just giving them their props and being a classy organization and walking them out the door. But that's not this case. You know, that's not his case. So, anyway. Uh, there you go. 877-867-1670. Coming up about a half an hour from now, we're going to get into what did we miss today. Uh, just to let you know, uh, for those that are paying attention, Brewers up one to nothing right now, top of the 5th in St. Louis. Uh, they got one out and a runner on third, so nice job there by the Brewers. Hopefully they can keep that up and uh, drop that magic number even closer to the clincher. But they have the division is done. It's D-O-N-E, done. It was done last week, and we talked about that back then, but the official technical number is sitting at four at the start of play today. So uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. to have you back the bill michaels show on the air this uh, thursday afternoon want to remind you that our good friends at smoke on the water out in okachi lake always some good stuff going on out there and joe by the way he has a uh, a motorcycle ride coming up in october that's going to start at sloppy joe's and end at smoke on the water and it benefits fisher house wisconsin so if uh, you're still going to be riding the motorcycle and many of you do hardcore man i know i'm going to be there uh, making an appearance, and uh, we're gonna we're hoping to ride. Uh, we're hoping it's great weather, and we can ride that weekend. But uh, it's coming up during the Packers' bye week, and we're gonna be over at uh, Sloppy Joe's, starting out, smoking the water to end, and watch some some other football that day uh, and that weekend. But uh, yeah, we're gonna take a ride and benefit Fisher House, Wisconsin, and thanks to Joe uh, Hennis and Ellen Hennis for what they do for a lot of different veterans' causes. But we're uh, we're we're gracious to be the benefactor, humble to be the benefactor of one of his motorcycle rides. So. You can follow them, uh, Sloppy Joe's and Smoke in the Water, both over on uh, Facebook and uh, see all the different, uh, you know, things that they have going on. So thanks to them for being a part of the program. Um, 
Got an e- email here, and this is from Jack, who says, uh, with everything going on in the NFC North, do you feel good about where the Green Bay Packers are at? The problems that are taking place down in Chicago and now bringing in Cam Akers to replace Alexander Madison in Minnesota, that does not bode well for the psyche of some of those players. Thoughts? Um, g- going well, First of all, we just heard Brad Biggs, so th- there's a lot of issues, a lot of problems going on down there. In, uh, in in Chicago. So uh, I think you just got to kind of wait and see how that begins to play out. Because let's just say Chicago goes down and steals a win. Okay? Winning is the ultimate deodorant. It can make a lot of the negativity go away right now. On the other hand, let's say they go down there and they get blown out. They just get the hell beat out of them. Then it's going to just exacerbate things uh, to a whole new level in Chicago. So in essence, for, you know, as early a season game as this is, it's kind of a key game for Chicago. Uh, in Minneapolis, uh, this week's trade for, uh, which happened yesterday, Cam Akers uh, drew the question around the Vikings. Will he then replace Alexander Madison? And he's taken a majority of the snaps this season for the NFL's worst rushing offense. So, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings say, you know, well, we haven't lost confidence in Alex Mad- uh, Alexander Madison, but come on. Come on. <laughs> you know, it, it's Madison fumbled twice and the Vikings 34-28 lost to Philadelphia in week two. He lost both of those fumbles. Uh, the second one, by the way, was reversed because of penalty, but he lost both of them. Overall, he's got uh, 62 yards on 19 carries in two games since the Vikings uh, jettisoned Dalvin Cook. Come on. I mean, the, the writing's on the wall. You're not getting the job done. And so they're trying to find somebody who maybe is a little bit quicker through the hole, has a little bit more power, a little bit more juke, a little bit more quickness, whatever. So, yeah. On one hand, though, if you're a – say if you're a lineman, if you're another player other than Madison in that locker room, you're probably going, boy, okay, cool. They, they believe we've got something here. They don't want to just watch us continue to fail. So they're doing everything they can. You appreciate that. They're doing everything they can to bolster that, you know. So, but on the other hand, if you're Madison, now you're walking around going, they got rid of Dalvin Cook. I was supposed to be the guy. Now they're bringing in another guy. You know, it's a results-based business. But, yeah, it, it can probably cause maybe an issue or two in the, uh, in, in, in the locker room. Absolutely. I don't, I don't doubt that for a minute. Not for a minute. Um. This is <laughs> Mickey says, did you see that Devontae Adams is not happy? Uh, yeah, Taylor Rapp, uh, I guess, hit him. You know, he he, he took a hit from Taylor Rapp, uh, uh, I think it was the Buffalo Bills, uh, on Sunday when they ended up losing. They lost 38-10. to 10. And uh, he, he was, I guess, I, I didn't see it, but he was taken off the field and evaluated for the concussion uh, after it. And did not come back into the game, obviously. And uh, the uh, Devontae Adams said something about it being an unnecessary hit and certain players play a certain way. Some people out of control, he said, and they fly around talking about Taylor Rapp. So, I look, Devontae's never been one to hold back, and Devontae's always the one that's under siege, and Devontae is always the one that, you know, that has a chip on his shoulder, and that's fine. That's the way he plays. That's what's made him so good. I got the Adams but, audio if you want to hear it, his comments. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's get the Adams audio. Let's it's only 40 seconds, so it's it's okay. not too long. There we go. 
Look, I wasn't. Uh, I don't. I don't want to continue to talk too much about it, but is you know is was it unnecessary? Completely, obviously. And I mean, and depending on how you look at it, I mean, certain players play a certain way too. Some people out of control. They fly around. They don't really have much true purpose out there. I mean, playing a half field on one side, you run over and hit somebody in the head on the other side of the field. I mean, that's the type of stuff that contributes to you not being on the field. You know, that's why you're in when you're blowing in the south by 25 at the end of the game, you know, and, you know, maybe maybe if that man learns how to play the game the right way, he'll see the field. But he, until then, he'll, he'll have to go and live off a place like that, I guess. There you go. Just if guys fly around and they take shots and blah, blah, blah. Okay. You know, all right. He said he didn't want to spend too much time on it, so he gave his shout-out. I mean, he's not happy, and just another day in the life, I guess, you know. The play that that happened on, by the way, I'm watching it right now, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of hung Adams out to dry. It was triple coverage. There were three defenders around Adams, so the quarterback didn't do him any favors on that play. Right. Yep, hung him out. And uh, there you go. That's a Jimmy Garoppolo pass. That's not, that's not his guy. You know, well, and that's kind of what I was hinting at. I didn't see Aaron Rodgers hanging him out to dry a lot. It happens every once in a while, but didn't happen a lot in Green Bay. Just saying. Yep. Yep. No, you're right. You're 100% correct. Uh, real quick before we go to break, uh, Seth says, uh, hey, guys, all this talk about the offense of the Green Bay Packers. Can we get back to the defense? Do you think the defense is really going to hold up or is this defense a lot of overhyped talent? That is Seth. Uh, Seth, I don't know what you mean by show up, um, but. As far as overhyped talent, we were talking about that yesterday. You know, look, it's it's you keep hearing about eight first round draft choices. Now Stokes is not back yet, but you keep hearing about eight first round draft choices. Young guys coming of age. You know, is it the talent? Uh, you know, Gudikin certainly doesn't think it is. Is it the talent or is it Joe Barry? Where's the pressure coming from? Why can't this thing be better? Uh, you know, you can go through coordinator after coordinator after coordinator after coordinator, but if you can only mold stuff to a certain extent before the talent has to take over you then have to start questioning whether or not you do have a talented defense uh i think they have talent in a lot of areas other areas are going to have to show up and prove it and the one thing to remember when it comes to your defense and that's whether it's joe barry and the philosophy or the players up front you are only as good as your weakest link you got to remember that. So if your weakest link is going to be, say, middle linebacking and the ability to actually, you know, kind of fill the gap and make tackles in the gap and stuff the run, or if they're chasing and dragging guys down downfield, you're only as good as your as your weakest link. Or a guy that can't cover over the middle or a, a safety who can't cover, you know, a slot receiver or whatever. I mean, but just there's there's a lot of different things you can discuss. So I, I think it's too early to tell how good this defense can be. But certainly the start that they've had is not what they wanted. It's not what they wanted at all. So for all the excuses, all the different things that we can look at, the analytics and such and time of possession and how much time they were on the field and the fact that the offense didn't help them. And, you know, hey, look, you're only as good as what, what the play is on the field. And for what I saw, they had some guys that didn't stay home, some missed tackles. They had some missed opportunities to turn the ball over. And they failed in all accounts. So as much as you want to blame Joe Barry, there were guys in the right place at the right time to make plays, and they didn't. And that's on the players on the field. So it's a conglomeration right now of crap, of subpar crap. 
So let's see what they do this weekend. All right, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we got a couple of segments left to go. And don't forget, end of the program today. What did we miss? Stay tuned. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. They are in two places: Watertown, right on Boulder Road, and Johnson Creek, right just north of I ninety four, right at the Johnson Creek exit. So you can literally see the Goodyear sign in JNL Tire and Service Center from 94 as you pass by. So uh, if you're an over-the-road driver with an 18-wheeler or a box truck, whatever, and you need something with its brakes or tires, whatever, they've got the facility to handle it. How about if you just need an oil change? They can do that. If you just need new tires, we're coming into that season now. You want to start thinking about snow and traction, but you got to think about it. That's our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. And Lyle and the staff, they are unbelievably philanthropic. They give back to the community, and that's the reason I love them the most, because they're just good people. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Buckle up. It's all systems go at Pottawatomi. Plug in to high wattage play, and you could win an all-electric BMW i7. Play now through September with your club card. Prize drawings on Thursdays. There's a shocking $800,000 in total prizes on the line, including the luxury BMW i7. It's time to electrify your drive. Only at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel. More info at paysbig.com slash BMW. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. A couple of segments to go before we get out of here on this Thursday. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us. By the way, the Brewers have kind of blown it open. Now 6 to nothing in the uh, top of the 6th. 6 to nothing. the Brewers uh, beating St. Louis at this point. So all the fears about St. Louis pretty much washed away. As uh, the Brewers are going to win, have won the National League Central. They uh, will clinch it here shortly. Uh, the Cubs then are in a battle for a wild card spot, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. But the, the Brewers, uh, they're, they're in, I don't, I'm not going to say on cruise control at this point, but their pitching has just been so good. Again, another game in which uh, they have pretty much shut down Cardinals bats. So good stuff from the Brewers today. Uh, 877-867-1670 if you want to find us. Gerard in Delaware, go ahead and give us a shout, buddy. What's going on? How you doing today? Hey, Bill, if, you know, you brought up Vegas and the Packers and all this. If people out there think that the Packers aren't a national draw, uh, draw anymore because Rodgers isn't there, first three games of the season nationally televised on mm-hmm. the East Coast. Yep. We're getting them again with the Saints. So think about this. The reason why they're nationally televised isn't because of the Bears, the Falcons, and the Saints. It's because of the Packers. Right. So, you know, anybody that thinks differently is definitely wrong. Now, there's a thing called discipline. Um, 1967, Dallas is inside Green Bay's two, okay, ready to go in for the tie and score in the championship game. Dan Reeves goes offside. They get pushed back. Next play, Dave Robinson 
blitzes, pulls Metric down, throws the ball, picked off by Tom, Grant, uh, Tom Brown. Every Packer player to a man, and Coach Vince Lombardi said after that game, they won because of discipline. Now, what do we see? Eric Branchek made a great point with Gary, with Gary crashing down. Notice the, the Bear game, Van Ness didn't crash down. Why? My theory is because he just came out of college, and that's what right. they do in college. Uh, you know, and then, you, you know, you got a coach that is an antenna has to be not only up, it has to be like the Eiffel Tower because of these mistakes. And he's responsible for a couple of these mistakes that were made because they are coaching. And why didn't he use the timeouts like you spoke about all week? These things have to be corrected and they can't be done all over. Now, Love took blame for the quarterback sneak, but he should have saw the confusion that was going on and called the timeout before that. And the field goal was a t- I was just terrible. I mean, that was an embarrassment. So in my opinion, is this guy who's making a lot of mistakes with the young players, the youngest team in football, is he the guy to bring the Packers to the next level? You see? And I know right. the defensive coordinator isn't. I know that. that that's, that's a given. But is this the guy? This is what we have to wonder. You know, and, and when you put the talent in front of him, is he coaching the talent to the best of their abilities and putting them in the right position to win? And that's what a head coach does. He knows when to call the timeouts. He knows when to make a, a, a decision. And in that game, on two plays, that definitely, Gary, that's something different. But the other two plays, that could, now every one of those plays cost them the game. Every right. one of them cost them the game. Yep. So you got to look at it. You ha- we have to look at it. Is he the right guy to bring us to the next level? That, so, that's, that's a great I question. No, I, I appreciate it. And thanks for the phone calls always, Gerard. I mean, when you look at when, when it's not like he doesn't recognize it because in the press conference, he talked about that, the mistakes, the myriad of mistakes, any one of which falls in the, in the that the Packers don't make falls in their favor. They win the game, not taking the delay of game penalty. Maybe changing his call on kicking a 56-yarder than not kicking a 56-yarder. The punt that went into the end zone that only netted them, what, 14, 15, 16 yards, which was pathetic. Uh, Dropping two, not one, but two specific interceptions. Not kind of holding your edge, but crashing down and allowing Ritter to run around the outside and score. In, In a lot of those different instances, had any one of those changed, Packers win the game. So he's right. Gerard's right. There is a level of discipline that needs to happen. And that goes back to maybe more so if you want to label it differently. When I was talking about it earlier this week, when you know one of the you know emails said, hey, what do you want to see this week? What I want to see is a clean game, a fundamentally sound, clean game. If, if you get beat in the trenches, you get beat on a block, somebody just makes a hell of a play, okay, I, I, you, you got to give that up to the other team. That They're getting paid too. But – when you see a lot of the mistakes, not just player mistakes, but coaching mistakes, discipline mistakes, all of that, you got to go back to the top and you got to say, why are there so many of these happening? Now, it's ha- it hasn't been rampant. It's not like all season long. The first two games was loaded with all these miscues. It's some of the stuff you're going to go through just because of the, the inexperience, not the youth, but the inexperience that you're dealing with at certain positions. Okay, I understand that. But 
that's why this week, and he's absolutely right, that's why this week I'm looking forward to seeing the Packers try to play a clean game. You know, trying to play a clean game. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from, uh, well, let's do this. Uh, we, we're uh, at the break, and I want to get back because I want to do the uh, What Did We Miss segment with uh, Grant Bills today as well, so hang in there for that. Hey, by the way, got to say thanks to our friends at Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. Wabam! And uh, the same company also did the logoing and the lettering and such for the big unit cruiser this year, so we want to say thanks to them. But Wabam has some terrific products, and we actually used it when Tim Duffy was here and stayed with us, uh, and Tim brought that iconic motorcycle, the one that he rode in on 9-11 that uh, had ended up getting burned up in his garage, and then they restored it. And there was still smoke and soot and everything all over this bike, this this infamous motorcycle. And uh, we pulled out some of the products. We, we had it in the garage uh, here at the house, and we pulled out some of the Wabam products. We pulled out the cleaner, the glass cleaner, uh, a, um, uh, a thing called Whiplash, which kind of keeps dirt off of it, and we polished it up. My God, that bike, for what it's been through, looked beautiful, beautiful, when Tim Duffy put it back on the truck and headed out to Phoenix, Arizona. So, uh, you know, th- those products work, man. And if you're a motorcyclist, a boater, if you, uh, you know, a car owner, obviously, all of these products, they're fantastic. So check out Wabam, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. By the way, uh, over on uh, the live stream, uh, the, uh, the, the offender has been blocked, just so you know. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 930-2023. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels show continuing on. You've got uh, Sharon Shannon. Sharon Shannon going to be doing some stuff at the uh, Irish Cultural Heritage Center coming up, uh, coming up this uh, this month. Also, you've got all kinds of different things that are going to be happening over there when it comes to uh, different events that they have. They've got uh, Gadan. On September 29th, uh, and I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, 
Uh, they've got, uh, which is all terrific music. Tickets are on sale right now. They've got uh, the Drowsy Lads that are going to be coming. Cynthian, as I keep mentioning, Cynthia, I can't wait for these guys to get here for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my God. Emma Langford is going to be uh, here at the end of January, but they've got a whole bunch, a whole musical lineup coming uh, as you get closer to uh, the holiday season as well. You've got Cassie and Maggie back on December 2nd, Ashley Davis on December 8th, the High 48s on December 15th, uh, Chloe Agnew on December 20th with a meet and greet. A lot of terrific music, terrific music coming up uh, at uh, at the ICHC, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. So if you haven't yet checked it out, just go to ICHC, Irish Cultural and Heritage Center on Facebook, ICHC.net via the uh, the internet, uh, the website. So uh, plenty of different ways to get a hold of them. All right, let's do this. Time now for what do we miss? Well, I ha- I had a clip of audio of Travis Kelsey on the Pat McAfee show talking about his relationship with uh, Taylor Swift. And I was going to okay. play that for you, but then I'm like, this isn't even interesting. I don't think I care. <laughs> and if I don't care, I definitely know that Bill right. doesn't care. So Travis Kelsey, unless he says, you know, uh, Taylor and I, back during one of her costume changes, we tore one off. Unless he says that, I don't care. Yeah, it's it's more of just, uh, <laughs> well, you never know. We'll see. So maybe we'll circle back to that topic. But I want to start. Christian Watson, as you said, didn't practice today. No pads. We're not sure what happened. Lafleur might speak later today. We'll get the latest from Mike Clemens tomorrow. I'm not going to hold my breath that Matt Lafleur gives us an answer. Just an update, right? Christian Watson has now played in 13 of his 20 career games so far. Do with that number what you will. That's just where mm-hmm. we stand through one full season and two weeks of his second season. Right there, you go. I don't know what we do. Not with that. not a whole lot of participation so far no. in his very young career. Well, and I'll defend him last year. He took a shot to the head in the Bills game. He got a concussion. There's not much you can do about that. This year, he just got hurt. He didn't even get hurt in a preseason game. He tweaked it in practice, and he hasn't played yet. So that's a little different. Right. That's a little more concerning. Well, same thing he think. did Same thing he did in training camp last year. Yeah. He yep. wasn't available all for the entire training camp in the beginning of the season because of that back then. So I yep. completely get it. So another thing on the Packers, I found this graph, and this is something that Uh, is perfect for a What Did We Miss segment. Peter Bukowski, friend of show, tweeted this out. The Packers are the only team in the league, at least that I can find looking at this graphic, and I've looked at it five or six times now, they're the only team in the NFL that does not have a pass catcher who's averaging uh, their targets within 10 yards, meaning the Packers aren't checking the ball down at all. Their top targets, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgraves, and Dontavian Wicks are all averaging an average depth of a catch farther downfield than 10 yards. So no checkdowns. It's all intermediate, but we got to find a way to get farther. We got to get those deep passes, take the top off the defense, okay. like you said, Bill. Well, between the checkdowns uh, that could come and moving the ball downfield a little bit, I'm looking forward to it, which kind of refutes some of the things that I've been saying about the intermediary passes, which they've actually been doing, but I'd like to see a little bit more of that, like. Uh, and I guess what I'm talking about is where guys are crossing over the middle or crossing on the outside uh, where you hit them and then they have the ability to then take off and turn that into a big play, kind of yep. t- giving it to the playmaker to make a play rather than having the quick turnarounds and the quick outs and stuff. So, no, I, I can appreciate that. Absolutely. So just one thing on that, maybe Jordan Love's completion percentage, maybe it could be boosted just a little bit. If he hits two or three more checkdowns throughout the course of the game, maybe that's something that Matt LaFleur is – looking to, right. to find with him and if Christian Watson comes back hopefully that helps create some explosive plays down the field as well so just yep. something to monitor uh lastly Christian Yelich update uh this is per Kurt Hogue a couple of hours ago 
three bullet points that he tweeted out or four bullet points says he's feeling much better the last couple of days. He worked out prior to yesterday's game and the Brewers current position in the standings has made some impact on his availability. So no need to rush. They're targeting a return to the lineup in Miami. So that's where we stand with Yelich. There you go. Christian Yelich, hopefully back by then. Uh, Having that video come out though. I hope that wasn't the jinxing factor. God, I'm just, I almost wanted to retweet that and send it over to Ben Kenny and just have Ben put a palm to forehead. And then I could hear the slap all the way here from Philadelphia when he goes, Oh God, not again. So, Oh my we'll God. <laughs> That's what we missed. We, we covered everything else pretty well. I think there you go. We got it all today. Hey, by the way, coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk with Tyler Dunn of golongtd.com. He's going to join us. We'll talk a little bit about Jordan love and whatever else is kind of rolling around in his brain regarding the uh, the rest of the NFL. So we'll get into that discussion. Larry Holder, long-time Saints reporter, covering the, the New Orleans Saints for a long, long time. Larry's going to give us uh, the lowdown on the Saints coming in to Lambeau Field. And then tomorrow, as we do always, we're going to have our, go- our own Mike Clemens here, and we're going to hear from anything uh, out of the locker room today that Mike grabs. We didn't do everything today that we had the possibility of doing with Don Tavian Wicks and company. So you're probably going to hear a little bit of that tomorrow as well. So we'll be very Packer centric. Brewers have blown it open. They're up six to nothing right now over St. Louis, six to nothing through six innings, top of the seventh right now. And uh, the Brewers pitching staff still stymieing the Redbirds, which is absolutely positively fantastic. And I just, I love it. I love the fact that the, the Brewers, in a win the other night, put the uh, letter E in front of the St. Louis Cardinals name via the standings, which means they are eliminated from any postseason hope, and that was always satisfying as well. So good stuff today, and like I said, back at it again tomorrow. A reminder: we are going to be uh, we're going to be live in Green Bay, live in Green Bay coming up on uh, on Sunday. It's the Green and Gold Postgame Show, and we're going to be at Burgles, Burgles uh, up in uh, Green Bay. So if you're looking for it, it's right behind Stadium View, and uh, we're going to be there uh, with the postgame show and having a good time. So if you want to come on over, come on by. Looking fun. Should be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. Perkles is going to be the place we're going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's going to be our hangout for the uh, for the remainder of the season. Until we talk again. 20 hours from now. Back at it. 20 hours from now. Until we talk again, time for us to go. Have a good one. See you.